Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Mindy Canner, flautist, keyboardist, songwriter, and composer. Have you heard about Coffee Talk Jazz Radio with radio personality and host Bridget Lewis? She brings listeners the best there is in musical diversity and talent. You'll get a chance to peep behind the curtain and get up close and personal with your favorite artist. You'll experience world-class contemporary Latin gospel straight ahead and smooth jazz greats all right here at Coffee Talk Jazz Radio. Our show's call-in number is 1-347-934-0108. Our show link is www.blogtalkradio.com. Ms. Bridget Lewis. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, www.twitter.com slash coffeetalkjazz. And check us out at our official website at www.coffeetalkjazzradio. Jazz Radio After Dark. I am your girl on the mic, Miss Bridget Lewis, your award-winning host. Boy, am I glad you guys are here. We have been anticipating this show, and already the lines are lit. And so I'm going to be bringing on my very special guest in just a few moments. But before I do that, I do want to welcome our international community. So I see that we have uh, Calgary and Alberta, Canada in the house. I said we have the Eastern and Western Caribbean in the house. The Cayman Islands is in the building. Kampala, Uganda, oh my goodness, yes, we are a national and international platform. So again, the boards are already lit up. I will open up the chat room after I introduce our guests. I do have some goodies and some gift giveaways, but you absolutely cannot and you will not win unless you call in and press the one on your phone. Now, I want to go ahead and introduce this evening's guest. Her name is Nisi Living Single, a multi-award winning artist blessed with a five octave range, and she has sold out Yoshi's, the California Theater, and numerous social events throughout Las Vegas and the San Francisco Bay Area. Forming her own band in 2006, Nisi and the Obamas have opened for Lenny Williams, Howard Hewitt, Tony Terry, Tony, 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 and so many others. I'd like to welcome the newest member to the show, my girl and new best friend, 
song stylist, Nisi Living Single. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, hey, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am so good, girl. Welcome to this party. It has your name all over it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow, I have to tell you. For those who are tuning in, this woman, she has the most gorgeous vocals. She shines on the beat, produced by her amazing music producer, uh, Mikhail London. So I hope that he is listening in, and he just gets her in the groove. And then we're going to get into some more of her mesmerizing tracks, of course. We're going to play those throughout the show. But now, girl, I got you. So now I just want to jump right in. When did you first fall in love with music? Um, ever since I was a baby, ever since I was a baby, so <laughs> even with my, um, I was adopted. So, uh, uh, my adopted parents, you know, they got me at the age of two. Um, and wow. they said I was, yeah, they would, I would have a pencil in my hand. Um, anytime I heard music on, uh, the television or the radio, they said I would just instantly stop and and stare at the, you know, the sound that was coming out of the radio, the television, I try to sing. Um, and then I also, um, when I would get food and, and I'd be eating or in my room, I made up a song about everything. So, you know, <laughs> they, they, they kind of knew that music was <laughs> Wow, you know what I, I, I love that, I love that story, um, a lot of times I may be on Instagram or my wonderful sister, she's so funny to me, she'll send me something that has that's tied into or related to music, and it's always a baby. And this baby can be six months old, a year old, a year old and I don't know if you've seen them where the baby is like moving and grooving to the beat. It's like their body automatically just knows that they've got like some type of melodic something kind of like going on in their head or in their in their in their mind, and so I think it's just kind of like innate. I said that children, they have like this inner knowing that I'm supposed to, that I am supposed to move. And so, you know, you talked about being adopted. You talked about how your parents really just saw this affinity in you. So did you just start taking music lessons, voice lessons, or how did you get this five range octave because that's that you were talking like mini Ripperton status at this point that's pretty dang good that's really high yeah yeah um well now on the contrary they knew that I could I had music in my bones uh but I okay raised by uh older conservative uh adoptive parents and so okay. uh, secular music was not allowed in my home so what I grew up on was country and western, um, and I went to oh, a wow. uh, so I didn't grow up. I never saw Soul Train. I never saw Mo. I didn't even see Michael Jackson as a child. Um, I didn't, you know, I wasn't exposed. But what I was exposed to is um, they played a lot of opera in the house. Um, I also uh, went to a um, grew up in a Methodist church where we mostly sung hymns, so that sounded like opera to me, too. Um, and how I got oh the ranges was um, the musical director at the time, I thought he was just being very mean, but uh, he would have me sing in different sections. So I wanted to be alto, but he would say, no, you're doing soprano. Then i say, okay, I want to do soprano. He'd say, no, you're going to do tenor this week. So, But what I didn't know at that time was that he was developing my ear because I could hear harmonies. I I wasn't aware of that at the time, but he was. So he moved me around. But that's pretty much how I got the I, we, we did have a one uh, phenomenal uh, singer, and she sounded like an opera singer to me, but every note that she would hit, I'd go home and mimic her and, and try to hit those notes. So that's how pretty much I obtained my um, my, uh, my range, my octave range, was just in my um, church and Again, like I said, I until I heard Patty LaBelle, and I was, you know, uh, that was when I was able to identify. Wow. You know, yeah. So I'm more confident now. Um, at the time, because I grew up on such different music, um, it was hard mm-hmm. when I first broke into R&B because I just didn't know the music. I didn't know the songs. You know, when I, by the time I started listening to, uh, I think I thought Aretha Franklin's uh, "Pink Cadillac" was the first. 
her first hit. I had no idea, you know, that she existed. Oh, that was like way, way down the line. <laughs> way down the line, yes. Okay. You know, so I didn't, but but the but the good thing about how I was raised, I was raised on Hee Haw, so I didn't see, um, you know, Soul Train or Motown. I didn't, I didn't never see Michael Jackson, but I did listen to. Uh, they played a lot of Elvis. They played a lot of classicals. They played the Carpenter singers. I fell in love with the Beatles. So they just had a different, you know, genre of music that well, they liked. Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that other music existed. So you know, you I didn't I didn't feel like I missed anything because it was that was what was played in my home. You know, so it it, it, it actually right. um, helped me to adapt to anything. Um, they played a lot of folk music too. So I've done even CDs for people like with, for folk songs, you know, and a lot of that is kind of like close to country and western. Where country and western songs, what I love about it is the harmony. And so, you know, I've, I've done quite a quite a bit of a background work for, you know, they would say what they would they would they would hear old Denise is coming in, but when they would see me, they were like, "Are you gonna be able to do this music?" And I was like, "I think so. Let's give it a shot." <laughs> so I'll, I'll go to a country you know, western in a minute. <laughs> That is so, like, to me, your background, thank you for sharing that for our fans. Your background is really impressive. You know, and it's like, I think that, you know, you often hear people say, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. And it's so true right. because because I had never met you and I had seen your pictures. And in my mind, you were going to come out like almost um, like a Mahalia Jackson, just uh-huh. kind of very deep, you know, kind of vibrato. And then I read your bio, and I was like, oh, no, she's a complete opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. But the beautiful thing the beautiful thing about you being a – I call you a song stylist after I watched your videos and I heard your music mm-hmm. because I heard the diverse – you're welcome. I heard the diverse range, and I was like, wow, she can sing yeah. absolutely anything and is such a welcome – Surprise! I mean, and to me, that really keeps you working because you're not pigeonholed just to sing R&B or funk or soul. You can sing whatever your heart's desire, and you still fit. Yeah. You st- you really yeah. still fit in. So I am absolutely loving that. And you said something earlier about harmonies, which is a great segue to my next question, mm-hmm. and it was, you might have answered it, I was going to say, what do you think <laughs> is the most important aspect of a song, do you think it's the melody, the groove, the harmony, the beat, the vibe? Like, what do you think is the most important aspect of a song? I would say all of the above is important, but in for me, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, the backgrounds are the most important to me um, because they enhance the song. You know, because you can just sing a song, but it's something about when you ensemble in other voices. Um, most all of the background work that you hear on my CD, that's me doing all the background. And um, oh, really? Wow! That's me doing all the background, oh, and, um, and I I learned how to uh, change my voices because you know sometimes you get around and you sing the lead, it can sound too much more too much like you. And um, so okay. I learned how to make make different voices uh, or, or just make like a different tone. Um, and so all the backgrounds that you hear in the CD7, that's me on, on all the backgrounds from the bottom to the top. <laughs> yeah, the bottom to the top. Well, thank you for, thank you so much for clarifying that. Um, I used to wonder, you know, when you hear, um, people say, you know, I'm singing background vocals and I'm singing lead and I'm thinking, but they don't sound alike. How is that possible? I'm thinking, oh no, they're just saying that. How is that possible that they're singing like both? And yet they sound so distinctively different. But then, of course, well, after people, being around musicians, yeah. uh-huh. well, no, some people will that. use different songs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Some, people, that will, is some just... people will use. Yeah. If you look at a credit, you can usually look in the credits, you know, like on the CDs and, um, sure. and you know, and music, and you can see. So people will use different, um, you know, singers. And and here's the thing, I'm not. I'm not uh, opposed to doing that. You know, I'm I'm a struggling right. <laughs> you know. And so the budget constituents is the reason why I thought, hey, I got to keep my thing going, but 
I have to do it within the realms that can afford. And so that's what made me decide, okay, I'm going to learn how to, uh, until that great opportunity comes along, that there's a budget or a team that can permit me to have great people to sing with me or behind me. Um, I'm going to learn how to do it myself. So it was like really so, um, even when I do my shows, you know, uh, I seldom have background things. I usually I've learned how to marginalize music um, that people enjoy, and I make the audience my background, uh, you know, because if they can chime oh, in. Oh, I like that. People, yeah, you can't just make people feel involved. So, you know, me, I'm one of those type. I'm like, let me do some songs that will make people feel involved and sing along with me. And so it fills in the gaps, you know. It fills in the gaps where oh, I don't so have good. background. Yeah, so. That is so good. Um, I love the fact that you shared that where you get the audience engaged, and I think it gets people, you know, excited. Especially, um, I would say, you know, with kind of kind of post kind of post pandemic. I mean, we're really coming out of it, and 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 thank God for that. You know, I think that people are ready for some joy, and that's what music. That's what I hear in your voice. I can tell how excited you are. I'm excited. We're oh, yeah. going to play a track in just a moment, and I'm going to have you to set that up um, for the fans so they can actually um, listen, uh, listen in, and then I'm going to pop up. Um, I'm going to pop up some of the links so, so people they want to get you booked. Um, I will put uh, Michelle's email up so people want to want to book you, you know, for an event, event uh-huh. or gig or something like that. Then they can absolutely do that. So I'm going to open up the chat room. Um, Twitter is is already open, so. Um, I want you to think about this question, and then I'm going to set up. I'm going to see if I can get you to set up the song and then think about the question while we're listening. So let me go here. Um, the board is lit up. I see you guys are listening, you guys. This is not the time to be bashful or shy. This is your chance to win something. I am not going to tell you what you win unless you actually call in to the show. I am just saying, but in, in the interim, uh, let me see what song I want to load. Um, I'm gonna. The, um, I want more is loaded, mm-hmm. and then I want to have one. you to set. Okay. I want. To, I want to have you to set that up, and we'll play it for the fans while we live tweet, and then we could put um, Mikhail's information up. So go ahead and set up the song for us. And then I'll just ask you the question on, on the way back once we come back. So go ahead and set up the track, and then we'll play it for the fans. Can you tell the fans a little bit about what they're going to listen to? Because I'm going to play that that track. Yeah, they're going to listen to "I Want More." It was written by Mikhail London. He's actually the um, uncle to uh, Latoya London from American Idol, and we've worked together nice. since 2017. Yeah, and so he wrote. We wrote this. This was one of the, I think, the fourth songs that he wrote when we first started working together. This is beautiful. Uh, Let's take a listen, guys. <laughs> It's the colorful things you do
Are you celebrating a birthday? If so, join us with the Coffee Talk Jazz Radio Birthday Club. Send us a text at 562-355-0311 or email us at coffeetalkjazzradio at msn.com. We'll also give you a live shout-out and plenty of Twitter love. You never know what you might win. Call us today if it's your birthday at 347-934-0108. Be sure to follow our tweets and also follow us on Facebook. So happy birthday from Miss Bridget and the Coffee Talk Jazz crew. And we are back and we're broadcasting live. You're listening to the very best in blog talk radio. Here at Coffee Talk Jazz with my very special guest, Nisi Livingstingo is putting it down. I hope you guys are picking up what she's putting down. Clink, 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 clink. I'm just saying. And I just opened up the chat room. <laughs> the chat room is open. I just popped up the links uh, for her music producer. If you guys want to book her for a virtual event, like, let's get it cracking. Let's get it popping, you guys. Y'all stop playing. You heard the voice. Come on, y'all. Okay. You guys, go ahead and support my girl. She deserved it. She's earned it. She's put in a lot of work. Five octave range. You can't get any better than that. And to hear her background story that she was adopted, what music means to her is incredible. So you got my support, girl. I'm just saying. Right? (laughs) You are so welcome. You guys, I want to give away. If it is your birthday. Now, you guys, now, no, don't call in. Don't press the one if it's not your birthday because I'm going to say, shoot me a text and let me see your ID. Come on, guys. I want to gift you a Coffee Talk Jazz T-shirt. Um, these are coveted, okay? They are on the website. They are limited edition. Once they are gone, they are gone. We won't be selling any more. These are collector's items. Um, Nisi, I owe you a shirt anyway. So I'm gonna give you like the okay. whole entire hookup. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get Thank all your you. information from Nikel, and I'm I'll um be sending everything over to you now. So here's a question I want to ask you. With we're on the other side of the pandemic, sort of, kind of. We're two years out. Um, how did music help you during the pandemic? Because it was such a trying time. It was difficult to be shut away. So how did you handle the pandemic, and what did music do for you? Um, actually, it was very depressing because, you know, everything shut down and it was like, uh, it was abrupt and I don't, no one was prepared. I mean, I remember when they were first saying no. it was shut down. Um, I, I knew, you know, I, I mean, I understood what they were saying, but it was like, it wasn't until I realized like maybe within three months that we weren't doing anything. I was like, okay, this is right. Mm-hmm. And um, I say depressing, I mean, it just was depressing because 
music is such a big integral part of my life uh, mm-hmm. that I was trying to figure out what to do to fill in the time spaces when I would right. be in her rehearsal, I would be performing, I would be singing somewhere. The other thing that became um, somewhat depressing, I was able to sing, um, but it was it was on sad occasions like. You know, unfortunately, we had high uh, casualties due to COVID. And so I was asked something at meetings. And so I had just gotten to a point where, although I don't want to deny ever, you know, singing for people or, or, or making them feel happy with the gift I've been blessed with, I did have to at one point um, give an announcement that, I, you know, I would not be doing any more funeral services. Cause I think I was doing like three or four a week. And for, you Ooh, know, I, don't, I can't speak and I can't speak for every artist, but I would say, you know, when I go to church and sing for a family that's in grief, I have to mentally take myself mm-hmm. there, too. Um, so it's a lot. It's, wow. it's spiritual preparation for me. So it's like a spiritual preparation that's got to take me up to, to go there, to uplift this family, family through my voice. And then it's the downtime that I have to. So I started telling them, you know, text me when you want me to come. I don't want to see the obituary. Some of the people I would not know, so I wouldn't want to, once I walked away from the service, then they're, they're, they're still in my mindset. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, it was was very, you know, um, it was very compelling uh, and depressing for me where I started um, writing more. Uh, what did save me was that me and Mikhail were still writing and being creative, and I tried to take my mind and put it there in a positive note, like, when the world opens back up, boom, it'll be a new Need to Live a Single with new projects. So, yeah, you know, and like I said, I can't speak for every musician, but from my experience, because I had never experienced anything like that and had no inclination that COVID was going to, when they said shut down, I just thought it would be like for, you know, temporarily. I did not think that it would linger and last as long as it, as it did. And then just like I said, the effects, I think the the service that stopped me was when I went to a service for a child that had passed away from COVID. I said, okay, well, that's it. Mm. And so some people would say, we're compensating you. I said, yeah, but I don't want to be compensated on people's misery. All money is not good money. And in that aspect, um, then, you know, I don't, don't want to sing just, you know, because I'm going to get paid. I just, it just was too much. You know, it was just too much. And it was sad. You know, the, the, the child was only like 12 years old. And so it, it took so much out of me uh, to just think. I, I think that's when I really, really thought COVID is serious. And I don't know how long it's going to, you know, affect us. But uh, we are really, really in a, in a pandemic for real. Uh, because, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much how I got through it. I, I so I didn't do funerals maybe for like I didn't stop long because I still had people calling me and so I didn't want to deny services. I love singing and that's what God gives me the gift to do. But I did have to take a downtime for preparation, you know, spiritually within myself, uh, because that child service just kind of threw me all off. Because uh, I have three three grown daughters. I have uh, eight grandchildren. Okay. What? Yeah, oh that baby fell into it. Yeah. Eight, from 18, the oldest is 18, in the middle of that age range, and I'm like, this this poor baby could be anyone's wow. baby. Wow. You know, anyone's baby. Yeah. Yeah, so I said, okay, I'm going to take a hiatus a little while, and um, I, I, you know, I'm going to pray on it. When I come back, I want to be stronger so I can still be here to use my, my voice as a gift. To soothe people, I do. I do find uh, a calmness in that. I thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it definitely is a gift. And of course, you know, nobody saw, nobody saw COVID coming. We didn't even know what it was. I mean, it's like if you if you blink on a person, if you cough on a person, if you touch a person. I mean, we just did not know. And then of course, nobody expected it to to linger. And I also lost several friends. Uh, due to COVID, and it was just so shocking because there was that there was that age range. It's like, well, you can't get it if you don't have this, and then if you have underlying morbidities, you can get it if you have this. Uh-huh. And then it was just uh-huh. shocking. It just 
it didn't matter. Then I remember like walking in stores and people be looking at you and pulling away and it was it was just weird and I feel like I feel like we all got really like indoctrinated because even now, now that the mandate, the mask mandate has been lifted in certain areas, it's like, okay, I still wear a mask when I go out. It's just like it was kind of like an an indoctrination. So, but um, I would say that that music for me has always been a heart healer, and it's really helped me to get through some really horrific and really difficult and and challenge and challenging times. And so for me, music is a, it's a marker of memories because I can think about a song and it'll take me back to a date, a place and a time when I was super happy, or it'll take me back to a smell when I'm in the kitchen with my grandmother, uh-huh. you know, down in my traffic uh-huh. in the country. So music does something different to everybody. Uh-huh. But um, I will say with the voice that you have, it's like for me, your your voice sounds like ministry because it's definitely it's very very healing. I love it. Thank you, thank you. And you know it's funny because I, I didn't grow up um, even in, in in the churches. I didn't hear um, I didn't hear Mahaley Jackson and I didn't, I didn't Andre Crouch. See, I didn't hear any of that as a child. I mean, um, we sung when I say that is so amazing. Um, but I didn't hear any of that That's type wow. of music. And so uh, I definitely know that when I sing, it comes from a um, – I, I did get a chance. I've taken care of both of my biological parents. I buried my mom. They both came back into my life about 10 years ago at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I buried my mom wow. at 15. And so my dad, mm-hmm. before his dementia really set in, um, I, uh, he also – they both lived in my home at different times. I cared for them. And okay. I just recently had to put him in a facility because he's – He's 83 now, but, you know, it's not a little hard for me to take care of him by myself. And um, so I started sure. asking him a few questions, um, and because sometimes his memory will, you know, come back and go back and forth. And so he did. It was something interesting. He told me um, I took him to one of my shows. And so when we got in the car, mm-hmm. he said, you know, you took after, um, you took after the Nori side of our family, and that's N-O-R-I. And he was from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was from New Orleans, but I think his family went back, you know, before he moved here to California, to Louisiana. And so he told me the whole family were uh, musicians and singers. Oh, when I grew wow. Up in, yeah. And I grew up in my family, nobody, nobody sung. Nobody, um, nobody were, was musically inclined at all. Even my three daughters. They don't sing at all. You know, they 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 don't they didn't take that after me. But he did tell me he went to one show, and um, it's the words he said I'll never uh, you know forget because like I said we've only had about ten years together uh, when I started taking mm-hmm. care of him in 2011. And he said you know what I I in your show I became your biggest fan. And if you want to know where your musical abilities came from, it came from the Nori side of my family. He said everybody's fun. So. After he told me that, you know, every, it's like, I remember one show I did, I get, uh, you know, I tell people because I'll laugh, they'll laugh at me and say, you got happy up there. But I say, yeah, I don't have to be in church. It's just something about when I sing, I, the spirit just hits me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it hits it hit me. So I told my dad, I said, you know what, I think the Norris be on stage with me. <laughs> I said, because I be getting happy up there. I said, so maybe they can come and give me some of their uh, spiritual knowledge. So I'm, ne- I'm I didn't I never met anyone, you know, in my in my father's family. I just knew him and my older brother passed uh in twenty twenty one. But that was interesting and then on my mom's side of the family, uh, when she came back into my life, um, I had an aunt Jewel. So her name was she was called Baby Jewel Vernon Garrett and Baby Jewel or Baby Jewel and Vernon Garrett. But anyway if you Google their names <laughs> up they Yeah. They actually for a lot of the sixties uh, mm. and so her name is uh, Baby Jewel and Vernon Garrett, and they were um, a, a, a married couple like Ike and Tina. They didn't make it as far, but they were in that same realm. So uh, I, I figured, okay, well, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm pulling from you know each, each side of my family. I never got to meet. At, well, my grandmother when my mother's mother passed. Uh, she that was her sister, and so my grandmother mm, okay. gave me all of my Aunt Jewel's CDs. 
I mean, excuse me, a 45. She gave me all of her newspaper clippings. You know, because I was always interested in looking, trying to see who sings in my family. So who got this musical ability? So when she passed away, right. that was one of the things. Yeah, so I have like 245s of my Aunt Jewel. And so I've been interested in thinking like, I wonder can I remake one of her songs? That's something I, you know, wanted to do, you know. Oh. Um, it's one of her songs. Yeah, she gave me the newspaper clippings. Um, and she gave me pictures, a few like backstage pictures that they took when they were backstage about to open for Ike and Tina Turner. So that was that's 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 about all I have in the history of of um, you know, my family, but it's something that I've held on to. Um just wishing I could have met them. You know, wishing I could have met, met, wow. met them. Wow. Um Well, I mean, what an what an impactful story you have to share. I mean, you're really able to pull from a couple different reservoirs, if you will, and yeah. you really made the the best of it. And, and what a blessing to be able to take care of both of your biological uh, parents. I know what that feels like. Um, I took care of a lot of family members as well. And I took care of my mom for 10 years before my mom passed in, in 2016. So I know exactly what it looks like. I know exactly, uh-huh. you know, what it, what it feels like. And you give your whole entire heart, you know, when you are, um, when you are a, a caregiver. And so bless your, um, bless your dad if he's uh, in that facility. I will send up a prayer for him. Um, I want to. I want to uh-huh. get some ahead. more of this delicious music. Go ahead. Okay. Can... No, I'll say go ahead. That's um, fine. You know. It's... No, you first. Go ahead. Oh no, I, I was saying. You know, I I I, I was just loving your story. You know. Um, Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real. Um, we see that Australia is in the house. Um, Sweden is in the building. The United Kingdom, one of the best countries ever. Germany is in the building. Canada, Japan, Switzerland. Oh, wow. Uh, we to go ahead and, and listen to this group. This is a global international party tonight. Coffee Talk Jazz After Dark with song stylist Nisi Living Single. We're getting ready to go ahead and take it there. We're going to go ahead and play her track, Live My Life Remix. So y'all hold on because here it comes.
Don't misunderstand We are only strangers On our way to one end To some place that we forgot Don't mistake my Just means I'm lonely. So love me till this day has and then forget we met. Oi, eu sou Diane Marino, cantora de jazz, pianista e arranjadora. Você ama um pouco de jazz no seu café? Sintoniza toda semana na Radio Los Angeles Coffee Talk Jazz como apresentadora Bridget Lewis Each guest brings intense passion to their music You'll hear seasoned pros and indie artists in the mix and you'll enjoy a buffet of genres Listen in You'll hear bebop, fusion, urban contemporary classic, Brazilian and Latin flavors with plenty of big band sounds The show's call-in number is 1-347-934-0108. Pick up my current project from the heart. It's available at all national retailers. Visit my website at www.dianemarino.com and stop by the official Coffee Talk site at www.coffeetalkjazzradio.com dot com. Enjoy the show. Then I will understand. And we are back and we are broadcasting live with my very special guest. I hope you all are enjoying Coffee Talk Jazz and Radio After Dark. We are truly a global platform. That was my very good friend, jazz vocalist out of New York, uh, speaking Portuguese and some French and some Spanish and all the other stuff to listen. If you guys are interested in joining the Coffee Talk Street team, you want to be our eyes and ears, and if you hear some great music and you want to share the experience with us, Send an email to Coffee Talk Jazz Radio at msn.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, hit me up with an email at Coffee Talk Jazz Radio at msn.com. Now, if you are an author, an accomplished book author, filmmaker, music industry leader, touring musician, legend, or innovative music scholar, guess what? We have some incredible advertising and brand packages just for you. We know how to get things done. I am working uh, in film and television with some major television studios right now. I'll throw a few names out. I don't know if they sound familiar to you, but I am working with Sony Entertainment, and I'm working with Netflix right now. We're working with um, music licensing and sync placement for film. So if you think you've got that voice, that tone, that melody, and you guys um, want me to present your music, you guys hit me up, send me a text at 562-544-8102. Let's talk some real business and let's get it done. And lastly, the Coffee Talk Jazz magazine will be hitting um, um, digitally probably in the next couple of weeks. Um, this magazine is so excited, so big, so full. I don't want to give anything away. I'll just say that um, somebody who is my special guest, is going to be in there with these with this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous backstory. And if you guys want to read more about Miss Nisi living single, you guys are going to have to download and buy the magazine now. Woo, that was a mouthful. I am back with my girl. Now, girl, let's get into some fun facts here. So with your beautiful <laughs> voice, I want to know what do you do, first of all, to warm up before you get on stage? Do you have like a ritual or something? Because I know you got to keep your throat wrapped or lemons or honey or something. What do you do? Um, not lemons because lemons can strip your throat. Uh, so I don't, I don't touch the lemons. Well, it depends. I mean, for some people it may work, but for me, it uh, because I have a very high octave, 
you know, I, sometimes oh, the lemons wow. will, you know, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mess with lemons too much, but what I do use, yeah, I do use um, hot water. Uh, I buy olives, so a lot of times I'll have, like, you know, I'll heat the water up and I'll put, like, the olives in there because they're not too, too salty, uh, but... Okay. They're just enough to cool the water that it gives, like, it puts, like, a little coat on my throat. And um, I don't drink alcohol, so I'm not a drinker. Um, and I stay away from brown alcohol, period, because that can be harsh on your, on your vocal cords. So I pretty much, um, that's pretty much what I'll do. I'll use, like, warm water, and I'll just kind of do, like, some vocal exercises um, that I live by myself so I can get as loud and be as loud as I want to. Um, you know, with the respect of my neighbors. But my neighbors know I sing, and so getting good with them, I'm giving them free tickets to concerts and stuff, so the sky's the limit. They don't, they'll don't. open their windows and doors and listen to me as I give concerts <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get <laughs> Wow. I absolutely love that. Um, before we go, I do want to just share really, really quickly um for those of us who want to contribute to the Gifted Music Foundation that I created, um, we founded it back in 2009 when my mom was alive, and it's called the Sarah J. Miller Gifted Music Foundation. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we dedicate it to creating great accessibility to music programs, instruments, and teachers, and the overall benefit of music education and it is really our mission and passion to provide music enrichment opportunities for youth in our neighborhoods, and we refer to this as the um, worthy endeavor with a joyful challenge and reward. And so we have partnered with a funny guitar. We've partnered with Cannonball Music. We have gotten um, some beautiful student instruments, and we have been able to present them to some of the family of five schools that we have adopted. We're able to raise money and awareness and get these kids uh, keep them in the arts education because we all know that uh, music is the last to be added and it is the first to be cut in the curriculum. And here at Coffee Talk Jazz, we are out to change that. So we're really doing our part. And this was something that I had uh, discussed with my mom. And before she passed, you know, she had, we come from my – I have a whole educational background, and I, and I love children. And so I just wanted to throw that um, out there before I forgot now. I want to know, okay, so some fun facts. I won't put you in the hot seat. I won't make it too hot. Um, so you just mentioned that um, brown alcohol kind of messes with your throat. So if you had a choice between uh, Haagen-Dazs ice cream and Ben and & Jerry's, which one would you eat and which flavor? Uh, chocolate and uh, <laughs> Haagen-Dazs, Haagen, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm a Hagen Dogs girl, and my favorite is rum raisin. My favorite is rum raisin or pralines and cream if they can have it. But I, I try like I won't keep it in the house because it's over. I'm like, Mm-mm, it's over. I will oh, yeah, not no, I, I keep it in the house. Yeah, I won't keep it. No, no, no. I don't keep it in the house because uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll over, I'll overindulge. You know, I'll overindulge. So usually I'll just, I, I'll treat myself. But I just get it, and then that's it, you know, and then I, you know, put myself back on uh, restriction. Exactly, exactly. Um, My follow-up question is, if you could have steaming hot coffee with anyone past or present in history, who would it be and why? Uh, It would probably be with Luther Vandross. Oh, my um, gosh. Wow. Was, Don't make me yeah, cry. It be, yeah, it would be with Luther. And that is because um, Luther, uh, you know, he, his his vocal abilities and stuff, and I, uh, that he was one of the artists I told you I was restricted from listening to a lot of, um, you know, uh, R&B music. I didn't really get to listen to it. But in the 80s when I started getting older and, you know, being able to kind of sneak around and listen to music. He was like one of the first uh, voices that I heard, and I was just captivated by it. First, I didn't know who he was. My teacher was actually playing it in the classroom, and I asked her, you know, who was that? And so she told me who he was. I didn't know who he was, and I told her, oh, my mother doesn't let me, you know, listen to that music in my home. And um, I got hooked, you know, on 
just his his music and you know his voice. So uh, I had a relative that went, you know, and she bought she snuck me. That's when they had cassette cassette tapes, and so she snuck me a yes. cassette tape. I would take it to school and listen to it. So I would, you know, I would say I would want to, um, I would love to talk with him because I would love to to share with him his music, how it how it it was able to be a big soother for me as, you know, a child growing up without my parents and in somewhat of a restricted home. His voice was soothing, you know, uh, to listen to. And then I started mimicking and singing along with him on a lot of the songs. So one of his fav- one of my favorite um uh artists what my parents did listen to was the carpet singers and he did mm. Superstar, which was made for the Carpenter Singers. So, you know, um, another favorite artist was mine, Not a Home, which he happened to be his favorite artist. I learned years later, and he did House of Not a Home. So, yeah, if I could have some piping hot coffee, I'd, I'd talk with Luther. <laughs> I'd talk with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, when you said that, it just really reminded me of, I said, you know, life is, it is really like a vapor. Uh, I'm going to be 62 in September, and I remember when I was 40, and I remember when I was 50, and I'm like, wow, like, where did life go? And so for anyone who was listening, and I say, whatever you're going to do, you know, do it now. If you want to sing, if you want to write, if you want to act like whatever you want to do, I say the time is absolutely uh, now because just so many things are happening uh, in our world, and, and I just thank God for your voice for your contribution to music. I think you have a beautiful, beautiful uh, background story. Your producer is amazing. He is an absolute sweetheart. Mikkel is an absolute sweetheart. Um, I'm I'm telling you, he keeps up with you. I mean, he has just been wonderful through this whole entire process. And we are just getting started. Like, we're not even done Right, he just, you know, he, uh, <laughs> Mikhail is the reason why I am, I can say, you know, that I was very afraid to do, like, my own original music. I was just, you know, I was doing Top 40, and, you know, I would do tribute um, shows uh, uh, for Motown show. And so, you know, I was comfortable in that setting, and so he would, he, he kept nudging me and saying, you know, um, hey, you need to have your own music, you know, and, and you need to be able to, to deliver the same performance in your own music, and that will give you originality and make you become ind- as an independent artist rather than just relying on top 40 because the people that you are singing, yeah, you do a great job, but they're already established, and so you want to have your own. So I just want to give, you know, high recognition and, 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 and gratefulness and thankfulness that, um, he saw something in me that maybe I wasn't ready for, and I definitely didn't see in myself. Um, and he saw it in me, and somehow his music, uh, because he plays all, he, he writes all tips, different types of genres of music, and I think that's what right, right. helped him to, to connect, you know, because um, I kept telling him, hey, I didn't grow up on this type of music, and I don't know, and he was like, I got this song for you, and I got that. And it's almost like he kind of knows mm-hmm. what to pick um, yeah, for yeah. me as an artist. And so um, for him and I, I feel we piggyback off of each other. You know, my voice fits his music, and his music fits my voice, and together we both established a great team. So I'm very grateful and thankful um, to him for his vision higher of status than what I saw within myself. And um, he's my big brother for life. I love him. <laughs> I love him. Wow. Yeah. Wow, this show has been absolutely incredible. I want to thank you so very much for being my very special guest. I'm, I'm certain that Michelle and I will talk yeah. offline. You and I will talk offline at another time. Yeah. And so thank you so much yeah. for hanging out with us on Sunday. It's been an absolute joy and pleasure to uh, get to know you. I look forward to working with you uh, with some other projects yes, um, yes. Um, that that we are working on. And so we're going to go ahead and we're going to take it out with um, with our friends for play, a song called Free Range. And I want to say with music in our hearts and with jazz in our souls, we want to thank you, our friends, fans, and supporters, for making Coffee Talk Jazz Radio award-winning and number one. We love you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Coffee Talk. Jazz Radio.
Bobby the Brown. 